bones. Get over here. Well, let me finish this for a second. I'll be right there. Fine. All right. Can can you keep a secret? Yeah, what's up? Hold on. Let me put this stack of raisinets down. Dude, I'm I'm pretty sure Jerry's about to start an all-out war with Laundry Dan. What? Over Dude, what? Was, I I saw him in the parking lot out back. He was he was cutting the brakes on Laundry Dan's laundry van. Did you say anything to him? Well, I asked him what he was doing, and he was like, he was like this fucker. He started this this crisper thing. He's gonna make my my summer shirts all nice and cold. Yeah. But Jerry's nipples got all frostbitten. Oh, I thought it had something to do with Jerry's wife going and getting her clothes cleaned all the time. I I, I don't care, Kevin. Just get him on the phone so I can talk to him. I got to talk to these guys in here first. Excuse me. Anybody hey. work here? Yeah. Yeah. What's See your names? Awesome shirts. They're on What's your shirts. names? Holy shit. What is your deal? I'm, I have to write. I don't have time to read. What is it? You. Mustache. All right, it's going down our, his mustache. Our names are on our tags. Yeah, it's right here. I it's have right to write. You. I all right. Calm down. Calm down. Do you see this? It's my badge. Kylie's getting me worked up, dude. I was so <laughs> calm. I was in my Zen stacking Bro, we, candy mode. We were obviously having a conversation yeah. in the corner. Right, anyway. How old are you, two shit stains? How old are you? What? What? Let me see that badge again. Here you go. It says fired, like it's stamped fired over it. Oh, sh- no. Hold on. Hold on. I'm this, is a, this is fucking phony. I was reinstated in April. If this is about that stuff we sold to those kids, it was oregano. Well, that is another story then I have to conquer, gentlemen. I am talking about Jerry tonight. Do you guys know who Jerry is? Oh, shit. <laughs> you don't want to mess with Jerry. Yeah. Listen. I have two kids. Do you guys have any family releases? We got uh, MXP, mm-hmm. Army is of that, the Dead. Is yeah, that the monkey? Is that the monkey one? Yeah. Okay, give me a copy of that. Anyway, what has Jerry been up to? Tell me the fucking truth. I'm going to need to see your badge again so I can put your info on the computer. No, yeah. you're not doing that. I'm taking the information down here, gentlemen. Is your last name spelled with three Z's? What's your names? That's a lot of Z's. I think I'm going to have to go talk to your parents. You Are you going to like that? What are your parents going to have to say? Or do you live together? You two. Joke's on you. I'm already a disappointment to them. And besides, hey. what does this have to do to Jerry? Like, what do you want with Jerry? Listen, I can't explain that to you. I'm just here to question... And get answers. Can you hold on just a second? Kyle, Chief's on up. my ass. Kyle, come over here for a second, will you? Yeah. yeah, what's up, Bunce? Hey, do you think this has something to do with what you were saying? Oh, definitely, dude. But I don't... If we rat out Jerry, dude, he's going to come down on us hard. I yeah, can we'll, hear you. Let's let's go into the adult section real quick. All right. Oh, you guys sell smut films here? Sweet. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I could stay back here for hours. Can I get... MXP and let 
We should probably hey. put a door on this thing, though, like because kids can stare right in here. Yeah, listen, if that guy's asking, I'm just going to jam one of these Army of the Dead discs into one of these boxes and give it to him. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Cool. If if I get one more person to rent it, that's 10, and I get a free sub from Jerry. Guy with the long hair, was your name Tad? No, How do you Rad. spell that? Rad. Yeah, is his that, name is Rad. It's our best movie. All right, I'll take that one, too. This guy really likes movies. I'm like, <laughs> I have two kids. He's like our best customer. Punks. Get, try to get him to take one more, because I bet yeah. you could also get a free sub from Jerry. What do you? Where's like, Jerry? What do you? How about this? Hey, how about this? I'll tell you where Jerry is. You ran another movie. That's what else, a good deal. What else you got? Um. Got anything with cops in it? Well, you need something from for daddy, right? You need something for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My what wife gets bes- my wife besides- gets the kids on uh Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays, so yeah. I mean, besides the porno we're already renting to you. That's for, that, was a gi- um, that was a given. That's for Arabella. She's my girlfriend. Something you don't know nothing about, mustache. Well, I see you've you've passed me this where you've written down her name, but it also has three Z's in it. I'm here to write. I'm just here to get information. All right. Well, we do have this movie, I, the jury that I think would be right up your alley. Is it a courtroom drama? It might be a a little tame for you actually, but yeah, no, I think the name will sort of make sense when you watch the movie. Well, you know, I'm judge, I'm jury, and I'm executioner, too. That's how kind of how I roll through my day. I mean, it seems like you kind of just bounce around from place to place a lot. So mm-hmm. you mostly hang out in this mini mall, which I don't understand, but not a lot of crime that happens. I just go where the boss tells me to go. Anyway, so these are due back in five days, and then when you come back, we'll talk about Jerry. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me tell you something. You fuckers stay off drugs, okay? Doesn't lead <laughs> doesn't lead anywhere good. On this week's episode of Five Day Rentals, we watch I the Jury. Guys, I the jury, we did it. We're here. First impressions. Bones. Um. Fucking weird movie, man. Mm-hmm. Um. Eighty-two, but still very seventies. Yes. Um. It does sort of lose you, I think, half halfway through with the plot. I think it 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 doesn't give enough to kind of keep you in until the end. But I don't think this movie is about the plot. No, and that would be my next point: is that the 
the settings and the scenarios are so odd and bonkers that they sort of keep you entertained. Like a hibachi grill, an orgy. Mm-hmm. Like he, you got it all. Baby. He really does go everywhere. This this is like a rewatch for you two, right? So, yeah, I mean, my camera is, you know, just if I could jump into any movie and be a character, it might be this guy. <laughs> just kind of rolls around. He's chugging honey out of the jar. He's surrounded by the most beautiful women on a earth. Of, a lot of dead fish, though. Yeah, there are a Loves lot of dead fish. fish. You've heard of Shaft. You've heard of James Bond, but you should also hear of Mike fucking Hammer. Mm-hmm. Now he is. He's based. This movie's based on a novel, right? Yes. Yeah. And there's like there's, a, there's a like a series movie. of these, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some older films that were Mike Hammer, same character, and I believe a TV show after this. Hammer Time. The song, also about Mike Hammer. Don't think so. Because that song would have been way fucking cooler. Did MC Hammer have a cartoon? Probably. With like talking shoes? Was it a music video? I, it might have been a music video or it might have been a TV I, show. I think this was an actual cartoon, kind of like beat the Beetlejuice cartoon. Yeah, as soon as you said a show called Hammer Time, I might have to look this up. I'll look it up at the break. I don't want to derail. I mean, if the fucking California Raisins could have a TV show, I, I don't see why MC Hammer couldn't. Looks like we've already got a season two lined up for the Patreon after Thunder in Paradise or... <laughs> Whatever it is. Oh, yeah, because I'm sure that was only a one-season run cartoon, if it even does exist, and it wasn't a Robitussin trip dream. Yeah. <laughs> was this a Robitussin dream recently or when you were a child? Oh, this was like a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> After you passed out watching I, the Jury? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right on. I wanted to be in different head states when I watched it. Mm-hmm. What uh, I want to ask you: Do you have more love for this movie on second viewing? I, I think I was still confused by the plot. Like the plot does not add up, or there's just there's too many jumps in the plot to keep up with it. Like you were saying, yeah. Um, but I do feel like, like, I guess when I think about this movie, it does make me think of James Bond in a way because the plot is almost getting in way in the way of like the vibe. Like when I think of James Bond, I couldn't tell you a lot of plot points to James Bond movies, but I remember like the cars, the gadgets, the chicks, mm-hmm. the action set pieces. So it's it's that kind of vibe where it's, you know, the plot is the secondary aspect. Yeah. Yeah, first viewing was like, holy shit, this movie exists. And then second viewing was, all right, I know the plot was a little crazy, so I, 
I'm going to pay more attention to that. So that's kind of where I was. And I don't know if it's made worse or made better by the fact that by the time you get to the end of it, it really is just, oh, this was all to cover up this small thing. Like it wasn't a huge, big, crazy government conspiracy. It was just that this guy did this one thing and people were going to find out about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I guess, man. I don't yeah. know. We can okay. <laughs> figure it out when we get there. Okay. Sounds like you got some insight that I didn't even pick up on in second watch. Well, at some points I was like, well, Kron's going to do the heavy work here. So, you know, we'll get there. I mean, I wrote down the plot. I guess I'll just say up top to the listener. I think what is important is Mike Hammer goes places. He figures out that he should be somewhere else, and then he goes to another place. Mm -hmm. And you could just kind of just follow that circle around over and over and over. And does some cool shit in between. Mm -hmm. Well, you guys want to jump into it? You know it. Do you, is this the second selection in our detective series? Oh, yeah. This, we're in the middle of uh, the detectives category. The first movie selected was Amsterdammed by Dan. Yeah. And uh, the second movie is I, the Jury, which is tonight. And after showers, we'll find out what Bones has in store. Hey. Oh, yeah. All right, I, the Jury, 1982, directed by Richard T. Heffron. We get some opening shots of New York City. Looks beautiful. <laughs> New York in the 80s. Mm-hmm. New York City grime, baby. Mm-hmm. Just dirt and filth everywhere. Topless signs. Yeah. Talk um, about a place that I only ever want to visit in movies. <laughs> I would never want to go... I think we could have some fun there. I think I'd rather go to New York in this movie than New York now. I can get behind that. It'd certainly be more interesting. What are you even going to see now? Fucking advertisements? Yeah. Yeah, but now I'm not stepping on a heroin needle or, you know. Uh, yeah, but we've we've lost all the character for the ability to wear open-toed shoes. <laughs> it's very important to me. What do you mean? I can't wear my Birkenstocks here? I think you could have. It just wouldn't have been a smart move. This is bullshit. That's Dan uh, in two weeks when he's at Jimmy Buffett Resort, yeah, right? You're, you're going to regret wearing <laughs> flip-flops the whole time. Guys... I just hope to be wasted off of some fruity drinks. That's, that's that's all I care about. I don't want to see any tan lines. Not on your feet. Mm-hmm. Not on your arms. You guys want me to podcast naked after July 4th? Mm-hmm. I want you to Consider be, it done. I want you to be shirtless and glistening in all the photos. <laughs> that like old school suntan lotion that would give you a glow. Really just amplify the burn? Yeah. Well, what do I say? We got, I got some time to really tone out before the podcast. So yeah, I should be, I should be looking pretty good, guys. Yeah, 
You got a good base layer going already. Still fat as fuck, but you know. It's more color wise. It's more skin to tan. <laughs> That's all I was saying. You needed the ho- the open Hawaiian shirt, dude. Just let, uh, let that gut breathe. If I'm wearing a goddamn shirt, I can't get goddamn golden brown. That's for like the nighttime. The Hawaiian shirt. The open Hawaiian shirt. The Hawaiian shirt, so you can go into the little place and get more beer, right? The pagoda. Yeah. I mean, you Flip guys can always and... join me. No, I'm not a tropical person. <laughs> it's a Midwest tropic, which means not even vibe wise. Se- that seventy five percent of them won't be vaccinated. <laughs> Bones gives off like a tundra attitude. Yeah. Nah, dude. He gives off a total beach bum attitude. Look at that hair. This is more Viking and less California. Ah, I'll see you in heaven, not for holla, bro. All right. Uh... <laughs> All right. So on, on to my second note. Uh we see Mike Hammer. He's meeting with a guy. This guy su- suspects his wife of infidelity. Then we get a quick cut over to Hammer. He's on the phone with this guy, and he's in bed with this dude's wife. He told the guy he was in trouble. Yeah. I'll get on that right away, on top of that right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, do we have we ever had... A cooler introduction to a fucking character? No. It's cool, but it is a bit dickish. That's that's just how Mike Hammer is, dude. It's Mike Hammer, bro. Don't don't put him on a job to keep track of your hot ass wife. I mean, look at the guy. Come on. Oh, I mean, he's a stud. You know what you're getting. A minute into this film, you're like, all right, got Do you, it. You see the amount of body hair on Armand Sante? Yeah. Chicks in the 80s weren't going to ignore that, dude. He is never not in a suit. I think he lets his hand soak in that fish tank because he's trying to cover up the smell of his pussy-soaked fingers. Oh, <laughs> He's just getting... Is that why those fish are dying? Yeah. I thought he was getting his his fingers all wrinkly for some extra traction. (laughs) (laughs) Let those bumps do the work, you know? You want traction for for doggy style. That's it. That's... (laughs) No, dude. It's like wearing a ribbed condom. It's going (laughs) to provide more pleasure. I think we've had enough condom talk for the last two fucking weeks. The ribs would really help the turd slide this year. (laughs) All right, now we get the opening music for this movie, which is pretty fucking banging, dudes. This whole soundtrack fucking rules, dudes. Which we're using for the theme for Mm -hmm. these three episodes, so... That is true. Bill Conti, Rocky, right? I think, yeah. 
He did Rocky. Um, what did he do before this? He did the stuff. Um, I thought I took that note. We might get there later. Okay. He did something else before this. Uh, now we cut over to some sad one-armed guy. He's coming home from from something, and he takes his his gun off of his off that like chest thing. Yeah, and he uh, is definitely relieved when he undoes that. Like he <laughs> makes a real like, ah, thank fucking Christ. He may have had that a, little, a notch too tight. Uh, he's kind of you know winding down for the day, probably running a bath or something, and. Uh, we kind of see the door open. The one-armed guy says, what do you want? And bam, he gets shot right in the gut. Terrible death. Gut shot, dude. That yeah. would be pretty bad. Ooh. Mike Hammer shows up in his Camaro Z28. Yeah. Uh, he runs upstairs. He sees this dead one-armed guy. Uh, the one-armed guy is named Jack. Him and Mike were buddies. Uh, the main detective tells Hammer, basically, he just needs to stay out of it. I guess he also knows these guys have a past. This is this is after uh, Mike starts asking, like, where was the table? Where was this? <laughs> where was this? Did you move this? Why'd you move the body? Yeah. And then he picks up dude's arm, arm. <laughs> and sits down and starts holding the hand, which I thought was great, like. And he starts getting emotional. We see him sort of sad. So he's not that tough. Uh, Hammer goes to visit Jack's widow, who's named Myrna. She Horny tells, as hell. God Horny. damn, does this lady need it. <laughs> she tells, I wanted to, like, <laughs> all right, I'll come over. Well, she does tell some sob story about how Jack saved her life and she was going to OD. And then she basically says the two of them ended up at the Bennett Clinic for sexual therapy. And that Jack was renting this room downtown because he had a chance to come into some money. Okay, I'm going to insert some research here. So in the original script, at this point, Hammer was supposed to find out that Jack was a bisexual and was crushing on Hammer. God. But that never made it. Men and women, they just can't keep away from this guy, dude. <laughs> He's a fucking stud, right? He just brings them in like moths to a flame, dude. Yeah. All right, now we get over to Hammer's office. Uh, he, of course, has some hot-ass secretary who comes in. And she has she fixed is. up his gun for him. She's reinforced the hammer on it. This is the ultimate woman. She is the best, man. Dude, why Velda? don't you... Yeah. Velda. Why Velda. do you not just marry this chick and oh, live? Man. Just cut logs out in the woods, dude. You know it. She would sharpen, Guys. She would sharpen your chain. Mm-hmm. Bring those logs home, throw mm-hmm. them in the fire, curl up next to each other. I'd be gone this weekend if she's like... Hey, you ready? Yep, I'm out. Peace. Uh, Hammer asks that she sets up a meeting for him at the Bennett Clinic. And then we get over to the Bennett Clinic. 
and another very attractive woman shows up. I guess this is Dr. Bennett. She, Hammer start. We would Go know ahead. her from uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid, right? She was the chick. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I didn't put that together. I thought I recognized her name in the credits. I was like, where do I know that? And then when I saw her, I was like, oh, shit. She's the, I would say love interest, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hammer starts asking about his buddy Jack, but Bennett won't give him any info. And I just wrote down here, guys, you could cut the sexual tension between these two with a hammer. Nice. I do like his immediately when they let him in the office, he starts like trying to snoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like detective right all off the, the way bat. through, yeah. no matter right. what. Checking like random, he like slides his hand underneath the fireplace and... Yeah, he oh, is this, is he this pegs he her camera out? real quick, right? Or her yeah. recorder, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, and you should even, get the New Year model or some shit, yeah. Yeah, you should get like a Sony one or something. Mm-hmm. They're like half the price. Uh, we're back over at Hammer's office now, uh, and Velda, which is the secretary, is giving him a straight razor shave, just reinforcing how great this chick is. Velda, where were you? He talks about what he found out at the clinic, which isn't much of anything. Uh, but luckily, he he starts going through his desks looking for mounds or something. He's looking for candy. Yeah. Uh, Almond Joys. Okay. Almond Joys is his uh, candy of choice. Well, we never see him eat one, but Velda has has bought him a big jar of honey that he just pops the lid off of and takes a swig. Some honey a day keeps the bourbon away. Mm-hmm. I don't... Do we ever see Mike drink in this movie? I, mean, I took it as he was recovering, right? That's kind of what I thought, too. I'm going to cut back in here, gentlemen, with some research. In the novels, Mike Hammer is a terrible alcoholic, and they chose not to go that route in this film we didn't need it no nah, this, guy's, this guy's life's already cool enough he doesn't yeah. need to drink fish velda doorsteps honey a day keeps the bourbon away uh while they're having Holy this conversation i uh the first time i ever got drunk uh somebody tried to give me a f- spoonful of honey because they had heard that helps, like, they're like, oh, you need some sugar. So, spent the next few hours throwing up. Mm-hmm. Let's say that's Cap- the last fucking thing you need. Yeah, so the taste of Captain Morgan, Dr. Pepper, and honey do not mix. It's probably just that first one got the honey out, and then it was followed by <laughs> the rum. I always heard that you should buy local honey... And take a teaspoon a day because it'll help with your allergies. Don't know if that's true or not. Well, I've been eating a spoonful of bees every day. Just I wonder your bees, mouth is dude. all fucked up, bro. Yeah, that's, dude, dude, that's why you're not getting any honey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You keep killing all your bees. <laughs> is that yeah, why you but, shaved? Well, I thought, I thought if the honey was good, then the bees would be even better. Source. But... But they fucking, they've been tearing my mouth up, dude. 
while they're having this conversation, Mike clocks a guy across the street who's watching them. Uh, he's basically like, well, we got to get out of here. Um, Velda has discovered uh, that Jack had been going up to Bear Mountain recently, and Hammer has an old buddy up there named Joe Butler. So that's where they decide to go. As they're running out of their office, they decide to lose this guy who's tailing them. Hammer says, do you still have that thing I gave you? We see a quick handoff. Still got that gizmo. Mm-hmm. And then they they basically just go through a revolving door. We find out that the gizmo was a doorstop. <laughs> <laughs> he wedges it in, and Mike and Velda are able to, to get out of there. Take that, fucker. Mm-hmm. You know, why go to any more trouble when a low-tech solution is right there? Well, he didn't exert a lot of energy and got the trick done. That was just a, a uh, just, that was like a firefighting thing, like we all carried in our pockets. You carried a doorstop? Yeah. So then that way, like, when you were, you know, running through a house and it was dark and smoky and shit and you couldn't see, you didn't want the thing to close on you. So if you open a door to go in it, you could use the door stop, and then that way you could get back out. So, do you lose your door stop a lot though? All the time. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, dude. <laughs> Did they just have like a God big for, bucket of them? God forbid I had to go through a revolving door. Oh, the number fuck, of, guys! Number of Can times you turn I around? Stuck myself in the revolving door. Well, was Can, there was there just like a big bucket of them at the fire station? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was oh, in the truck. Can you guys turn around? I left my doorstop at Denny's again. Fuck. No, you left it in the house and it burned. I would just use like CVS receipts. I'd fold them up. <laughs> Thanks they for were, CVS for sponsoring this. They week. were thick enough. Uh, Hammer and Velda, they fly up to Bear Mountain. They fly. Yeah, they take a plane. One of those planes that can land on the lake. Yeah. I just thought that was crazy. Like, You don't think Mike Hammer has a, a pilot guy? I'm guessing he does. Maybe he did a favor for him or something. But Cron, you're an accountant here. What do you imagine that Mike Hammer would be turning in at the end of the year? Like, what's his, his take home? Yeah. I don't know, man. You know, I think he money comes in, it goes into the honey jar he drinks it yeah who knows where it goes from there now can i ask a question here mike hammer is a is a dick a private eye right he's not a police officer correct former yeah. police officer though right former because he's still mm-hmm. flashing the badge mm-hmm. all right and he obviously knows that police chief that you know tells him not to look into jack's murder too much Hmm. Paul Sorvino, right? That's who that was. Yeah, what is that guy's name in this movie? Chambers. Okay. I won't remember that the next time I need it. Uh, so Velda and Mike, they meet up with Joe. Mike starts asking about what Jack was coming up there for. Um, Joe gives this real weird story about how him and Jack were 
in the service together. They basically knew a guy named Captain Romero who was using drugs to get results and info from prisoners. <laughs> so Mike Hammer was in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. We know that from the photo, right? Mm. We see it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe clocks a couple CIA guys coming in to the one road that goes into this little uh, cabin that he has. Mike decides that what they're going to do is fill up Joe's Cherokee with Bacardi 151 because there's no gas in it. So they do that. And then Velda, uh, she's putting lighter fluid in as well. And they get the Cherokee going. Uh, and now we got a little car chase happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this car chase, we see them go through some campgrounds. They, you know, <laughs> get some campers to jump out of the way, take out some some buildings. Yeah, these guys are pretty laid back about what's going on. Like a fucking Jeep just running through their shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they take out a porch and a guy <laughs> falls and then they go buy a couple boning in a sleeping bag. And they this lady, roll over this lady is it, super horny too. She's like, "Let it go." Everybody's horny in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my one of my favorite lines from Mike Hammer is uh, in this part when he's like, "This truck is fucked." <laughs> <laughs> like he's fucking with the guy when he's driving, and then also the guy in the back seat is like, "Joe, they're trying to hurt us," or Mike, they're trying to hurt us, and it's like, "No shit!" Like, yeah, I like when like actively when, shooting at them. Yeah. And they're loading all the booze in. He's like, not all my booze. Yeah. <laughs> um, as we're on this car chase, uh, that old old Joe, he's kept a bottle of booze for himself in the back, but Mike gets the idea to whip up a little Molotov cocktail while yeah. he's driving. Uh, he chucks that at one of the cars. He hits it. Uh, that car kind of goes careening off into the lake, mm-hmm. which looked pretty good. Yeah. It's shot wide. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, they kind of take the Cherokee. They go through a tight turn, park it across both lanes. The last car comes up, uh, hits the Cherokee, and then Mike, Joe, and Velda just open fire on these CIA guys. <laughs> They shoot them, and then they also blow up the car for a good measure. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see the dude that went through the window? Oh, how? He, yeah, yeah, he was he was already jumping forward before, like, the impact. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. That's what that's stuck probably, out to me. That's probably something they teach you in CIA training, is, like, if you're just about to hit something, like, give yourself some forward momentum. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't wear seatbelts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that way you can just fly right through the windshield. Yeah, those CIA spooks—they don't. They're never strapped down. <laughs> Damn. No seatbelt. They don't even wear belts. They don't even wear belts in their pants. That's how you can tell an FBI guy from a CIA guy. Yep. No belt. No belt. That's why I just stare at dudes' crotches all day. Well, I'm a bisexual, one-armed. Uh, private investigator, so I stare at everybody's crotch. Isn't Jack competition? 
So why would Hammer give a fuck if he died? Well, it kind of didn't they imply that like Myrna and Jack had hooked up or something? Or Myrna and Mike, I mean. Jack's Jack's widow. Jack's wife. Yeah, Jack's well, widow. Well, she I think she was like trying to come on to him and then he he tells her to get fucked, right? Get fucked. Like he's pissed off. Yeah. But I, I don't I didn't take it as like they had done it. I think that's sort of what is what pissed him off was that she was immediately coming on to him. Yeah, I, but you you wouldn't be surprised if they had in the past. Oh yeah. I thought I thought on the first viewing that he went back to talk to her, I thought. But I guess that never happened. Nah, he goes back to the house and to fucking trashes search. it to look yeah. for it. Ransacks it. Hey, he At pays, least he pays her. Guys. But <laughs> But to your point. He's competition, yeah, but it sounds like they were doing different things. Jack was into. Well, he says like he, he didn't talk shit. to him for a while, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. After this car chase kind of goes through, we find out that the gun that killed Jack was registered to someone named Harry Lundy, who's a special effects guy. So here's another scene where Mike just goes somewhere else. Um, <laughs> he goes over to the movie set. He starts talking to Lundy about what's going on. Uh, but they get into a little scuffle, and Hammer basically sets off like every squib and special effect that they've hooked up. This this is the scene that really elevates the movie to what the fuck. Mm-hmm. Up until this point, it was it felt pretty standard. This really, like, oh, shit. I loved it. Uh, This is one of my favorite scenes from the movie. Uh, We get basically this guy who's kind of setting in the background. Mm -hmm. We see him load up a a big gun. A knife gun. (laughs) Yeah. And then he shoots a knife that kills Lundy. (laughs) Yes. That's what we need. It's hard to beat a knife gun. This movie has it all, guys. Um, Hammer goes over and asks Lundy, you know, who gave the who gave him the gun? And in his dying breath, Lundy whispers, "Charlie Kalecki." We got another name, guys. We got another name, another dude to go check out. Uh, Hammer calls Kalecki on the phone, tells him that he's in danger. So Kalecki, Kalecki seems kind of like a mob guy or like a, you know, he's into the, he's some kind of criminal, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as Kalecki is coming out of his building, Hammer takes a couple shots at him. This leads Kalecki to call Romero and say, what the hell are you trying to pull? Uh, Hammer goes to see Kalecki at this point. And he's met by one of his henchmen on the street. So these guys start talking. Um, Mike gives his cab driver a real shitty tip. And in the process, he also sticks this henchman's coat into the car door. So the cabbie, he takes off. He's pissed. uh, And he just drags this henchman down the street with him. Great gag. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so Hammer goes up to see Kalecki. He starts asking him about Romero, 
but Kalecki won't give him any information. We cut over to a scene where Hammer shows up at a crime scene now. It's kind of like out by a fountain. Is it? There's a, sorry, is that the part where Kalecki was talking about how he could have taken out Castro? I don't know. I didn't he write was, that down. Okay, he was like bitching about the CIA or something and basically said like I could have taken oh, out yeah. Castro if they if they would have uh if those he he caused them some derogatory language there. Yeah. And I th- it sticks out to me because I just finished the second season of Blowback where they talk yeah. about Castro and like the CIA involvement and I did not realize how much the CIA worked through the mob back then. Did they talk about Kalecki? <laughs> Yeah, specifically, yeah. <laughs> they have a whole episode on Kalecki. Yeah. yeah, then there's a bonus episode on this fucking P.I. They don't have his name, but they just talk about how like he just caused the shit Something about mess. it. Yeah, something about like a tool that you would use all the time. I don't yeah. know. It'd be really like get in and fuck a situation up. and There was, a knife, there was a knife gun. and Fuck all the beautiful women that are around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Goldfish. Yeah. You should check it out. It's a good show. Uh, Hammer shows up at this crime scene. It's out by a fountain. There's a woman who has this kind of crazy makeup on, like this really big eye shadow. And mm-hmm. uh, she, I don't know, it looks weird. <laughs> um, let's see. Jack, we, this is connected to our story because Jack had left a message for this woman at her hotel. So this was Jack's regular hooker. I think so. I think this is like a woman that he was hooking up with. On the reg. Uh, Now we see a guy talking to the police chief. He wants to use Hammer to deal with the Romero situation, which has gotten out of hand. (laughs) We do get a quick shot of... A young, our uh, Kendrick's here. Kind of mm-hmm. pans over to him. He comes into play later. At the, the crime scene? Or yeah. with the CIA guy? Oh, okay. He's so, not the one that shot the dude with the knife gun, is it? No, that's just some random henchman. Okay. Uh, so this guy, he wants the chief to hide a picture of Romero at Jack's house because they know that Hammer will return there to search the place. Cut to. <laughs> Cut to. Hammer shows up at Jack's house. Uh, he basically checks to see if Myrna is there or not, and then he just proceeds to trash the hell out of of her home. Uh, but luckily he does come across... Uh, a little photo, he takes that apart, and sure enough, the planted photo is behind it. Nothing calms a really horny woman by giving her a mess to pick up. <laughs> Maybe he was doing her a favor. Well, and then he does, as we've mentioned, leave her a few dollars uh, yeah. to deal with all that, I guess. I mean, I think he double-checked, so he's like, man, I... I really don't want to fuck this chick. So <laughs> glad she's not home. Is it worth a hundred dollars to not fuck this lady? <laughs> and I get to f- take some aggression out on her lamps and books. 
fucking you guys drawers. think on the on the way out of there he raided the pantry for any honey jars that he could find oh definitely <laughs> he had to do it afterwards because otherwise everything would stick to his hands <laughs> it's just like a deep-seated winnie the pooh story that we have here probably <laughs> i'm glad you're making that connection though dan mm-hmm. That's cool because I actually had that as a uh, category coming up. <laughs> Deep seated Winnie the Pooh flicks. <laughs> oh shit! I'm gonna have to do a lot of research for that one. Well, please, as we continue to go through the episode, just point out all the places where Winnie the Pooh and Mike Hammer overlap. Mm-hmm. I'll try. All right, now Mike Hammer goes back to the Bennett Clinic. Um. He basically is kind of led into a lounge that's full of women in like velvet short shorts and matching tops. Uh. Guys, if we're in '82, are we going to the Bennett Clinic? Like, oh yeah, hell, dude, I'd try every day to get over that fence. (laughs) I'd try to be the goddamn janitor or something. Yeah, I mean, goddamn. Woo! Why? Why do we got to go back to '82? Does it still exist? Maybe it does. Maybe, maybe there should, is a reason to go to New York. Maybe you should make the Rodriguez Foundation. Mm-hmm. The Rod Clinic. I don't think people are as free as they used to be in 82. You know what I'm saying? This is before AIDS, right? You, mm, yeah. Yeah. I feel like... Do you think post-COVID people are going to orgy more? Ah, That's true. We got AIDS and COVID that are dragging us down right now, guys. Fuck well, the world. I feel like you could probably find a setup like this. I do like want to this. fuck the world. That's why I need you to create a sex clinic. <laughs> I'm trying. I think you could find a setup like this, but it's going to be tied to like some weird religious thing. Like it's going to be like a Waco compound or something. Oh, yeah. this. So they'll so they'll pay us money too. Excellent idea, Kron. No, it's like you'll get you'll get to the orgy, but that's only after like a 14 hour sermon that you have to set through. Yeah. It's just not worth it at that point. Like you're trying to, you're trying to fluff yourself while the bag ones just going on and on. Like, (laughs) yes, I understand. Yes. The capitalist system is ruining the world. We're not connected to nature more. Let me fuck this jerk. And then on, like, non-sermon days, you'll probably just be, like, digging ditches or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, hard-ass manual labor. What more do you all need to hear? Go please wash yourselves before this happens. Uh, Hammer meets back up with Dr. Bennett. He reads through Jack's file. Um, and then Mike, he gets to the point where he decides that he wants to go question these twins that I guess Jack was, like, seeing as part of his sex therapy. My God, Uh, the twins. Mike looks at the file, right, and gets all pissed off? Yeah, he rips it up. Yeah. And then she tells him there's a backup on film (laughs) or something. That was another part where it was supposed to say, like, he was bisexual and all that stuff. Oh, it was a... I read about this. This is, like, Jack did a bunch of doodles of, like two little stick figures and it said like Jack, Mike, and he like they had hands on each other's groins and hmm. so well, one, sti- one stick only had one other stick coming off the side. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. how you knew it was Jack. 
Yeah, you didn't have to label them. Yeah. Mike had like a, a shy face. It was, wasn't really sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, well, you it, got my you, you brought my helmet back and you lost an arm. So I guess I'll give you a hand. It was like a, it was a four panel comic. And it was like, no, Jack, I don't like you like that. And then Jack's like, but I'm really strong with my one arm. And then Mike's like, OK. You, and then the final panel is I'm both smiling. Do you think in panel one, it was like like a little blurb at the top? to set the scene and it was like Jack puts on Lincoln Park. <laughs> well, this is Vietnam, Kyle, so Lincoln Park didn't exist yet. Uh, I thought it was just in a bubble with the little music notes to indicate that they were listening to it, you know? <laughs> yeah. In the end, it doesn't even matter. Do you think the only thing that was keeping these two from exploring their relationship further was that Lincoln Park didn't exist at the time. Totally. I think I think if Jack would have lasted that long, they would have finally came together and got married. That would have uh, been an interesting touch if they had gone the Jack was bisexual and they had already done something together and Jack admitted it in the uh like the full, like the file and Mike was like ashamed of it. Well no this like was Mike's maybe there way was, of like, I love this guy. I got to find out who fucking did this. Like, it's a love story, dude. Right. But I'm saying a part of his frustration is that he's embarrassed by like what came out, you know? And then maybe that's like the lady judges him a little bit more. So he's like embarrassed that he had this jerk off sesh with Jack, you know? So you think Mike is so embarrassed of what happened between him and Jack in Vietnam. That's that's why he's so fucking manly as Mike Hammer. Yeah, he's like overcompensating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why he wants to find out what happened to Jack cuz he wants to kill anybody that might be that might know what he did. Did Jack ever say anything, all the anything to you about jerking a guy off in Vietnam? <laughs> like slapping people. What? Maybe. No, I'm just a guy that works at a deli. I'm sorry. That'd make a great Kevin Spacey movie. You guys are really putting all the pieces together on this film. Yeah, dude. People fucking love conspiracy theories, bro. Mm-hmm. All right. Mike starts to question these twins uh, about his friend Jack. Basically, yes, they knew him and provided him therapy. Uh, they claim that they never knew a man named Romero. And the twins say that Jack also saw a woman named Norma Childs but she quit working at the Bennett Clinic. Yeah. All right. Uh, Hammer goes downstairs and decides to attend the group therapy session as an observer. That's the the twins. That's the birthmark scene, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. He he basically tells them to get undressed. Uh, Then he tells them to lay on the bed. There's a... Camera shot just right on this chick's crotch for a good little while. Mm-hmm. I didn't want you to blow over that one. Yeah, I mean, we needed to oh. circle back for a little crotch talk. So we see the birthmark. Yeah, this is where he he meets with what's her name the 
the doctor, right? Well, no, because he meets the no, twins, okay. and and then he, he goes down to well, he, he talk, the orgy. He talks to the doctor first, and she says, yeah, you can stay for the the therapy or whatever. And then the guy comes through the secret bookcase. Right? Is that this? Yeah, because then he goes in and interviews the twins. I'm just saying it has a secret bookcase, just adding to the list of what this movie has. Oh, okay. Secret bookcase. All right, so we're at the group session, which is basically just a giant orgy that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, can we get a slow clap for Cron Howard for uh, the first five day rentals orgy scene? I did it. Cheerio. It's no smut wall, but I'll take it. It's a smut wall in real life. <laughs> right before your eyes. I love how they they take their time to show the uh, scientist taking notes mm-hmm. and really mm-hmm. observing. Mm-hmm. There's also like a lady that comes up to Mike at one point, and he he says something like, "I'm just here from the insurance company to like <laughs> make sure everything's on the up and up." What do you think that scientist like? What's that check sheet look like? Tits, ass, like, penises. How many threesomes? Okay, three going on. Random. Oh, it's like, it just tallies? Yeah. Or is it like a... It's like a big bingo board that you're just trying to, <laughs> to get so the, like five in a row on. So yeah, so him and the other uh, observers, they're just playing bingo. They're not actually working and doing anything. They're just playing <laughs> or, orgy bingo. Yeah. Okay. Like the first... Like the first, you know, seven or eight orgies, you might be taking real notes, but you're kind of burned out at this point. You're like... You've seen it all. Yeah, if you've yeah. seen one orgy, you've seen five, right? Yeah, you're like, it's just another Thursday at this point. So what are, yeah, what are some of the boxes on a orgy bingo card? I mean, I'm those, like w- one ball, deflated nutsack. Um, leaves one partner to go to another. Yeah. Bisexual fin- curiosity. Finishes early. Oh, two pump chump. Sandwiched. Definitely does not want two dicks at the same time in her. All right, so... <laughs> inner, inner cut with the orgy scene is uh, we finally see this blonde guy. I think this is Kalecki or... Kendricks. Kendricks, yeah. Kendricks. All these K names, man. Who I know as uh, Khan's number one guy in Star Trek Wrath of Khan. That's the only other place I could peg him from. Real bland-looking blonde guy. Mm -hmm. Did you say that's the only place you could peg him from? No, I pegged him at the orgy. Okay. Let's just making sure. Yeah. I misspoke. Uh, so this guy, this blonde guy, he's in the room with these twins and he's got them dressed up in this makeup like the cute like the dead Cuban lady that we saw earlier. 
he basically tells them, we're going to play a little game now where you're going to tell me, I love you. Uh, I love you. But if I don't believe you, I'll have to punish you. So we kind of see that go on for a little while. Uh, he throws these twins down on the bed. And guys, you've been arguing throughout Five Day Rentals history about most tits and earliest tits, but I'm bringing you a movie with visible labia in it. I didn't now, see it... visi- visible, visible, visible labia because I wasn't looking it? hard enough. No, dude, he like throws those chicks on the bed, and one of them is just like it's because he was jerking off, dude. It's... No, I was looking away because this is a very <laughs> gross scene. I don't know what to tell you. You're going to have to spend another $4. and Yeah. You can borrow the Blu-ray. I have it. Um, so anyway, he starts cutting up these twins. He decides he's just going to go ahead and kill them. Uh, we, as the audience, are back at the orgy at this point, And we hear basically the screams of these women being killed. Mike says, what was that? And Dr. Bennett says, you've never heard an orgasm before. But great, great hearing for being in Vietnam. Well, I was going to say, this is Mike Hammer. This guy obviously knows the difference between screams of passion and screams of pain. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> There's a doctor thin doesn't... line between play, pain and pleasure. It's a real Cenobite attitude, Dan. Was there... There might have been. It's a... Is it when he throws the first twin on the bed? Yeah. Okay. I got you. I'll give it to you. You see a, a lot of that chick in that scene. <laughs> so these twins were later <laughs> convicted of tax evasion because apparently a millionaire had paid them multiple times for sexual favors for, at parties. So they made tons and tons of money off of this guy. And I guess the feds came in and said, you didn't pay all your taxes. They were sent to jail. And then later in the nineties, I guess it was reversed and they got out of, out of prison. Well, that's a bummer. (laughs) So these chicks aren't even really like acting in this movie then. Oh, they're in their natural habitat, I believe. Yeah. They're just living. And twins. <laughs> I thought Dan was going to say they were the Wrigley twins <laughs> later in the 80s. <laughs> that would have been awesome. We respect all women here on Five Day Reynolds. Is it, oh, no, the Double Mint twins, not the Wrigley yeah, twins. Yeah, the Double Mint. I think mm-hmm. Wrigley, though, didn't have... Was, it, was Double Mint Wrigley's? I think it's Wrigley Double Mint. Double Mint, yeah, I think so. <sighs> Shit. You were right. They also got Big Red and Juicy Fruit. Big Red... Do they even sell that shit anymore? Oh, dude, you could find Big Red. All right. I'm going to have like fucking three photos come from when you guys go to fucking gas stations here later this <laughs> week. I, I'm not on the uh, lookout for fucking Big Red. I hate cinnamon gum. Shit sucks. Well, yeah, me too. But you're on the lookout for Doink the Clown WWE action I figures was at your local updating, grocery store. Updating you guys. That and I appreciate it. 
Did you ask about doinks? <laughs> no, nobody came around. <laughs> just, yeah, right. There's two fucking I, employees right there. I just stood yeah. there. <laughs> there were two employees there being like, sir, you've been staring at the same wall for 35 minutes now. I could not have taken that picture any faster. I was just blasting through. I was like, oh, shit. And I pulled my phone out. That's why it's kind of blurry. I was like, I don't want to be seen taking a photo of a bunch of Barbie dolls. Sir, if you're going to eat half a loaf of bread in the store, you're going to have to pay for it, okay? Rather that than being caught snapping photos in the baby aisle. Is that where the toys are? Yeah. You get you have like it's such a weird aisle. It's school supplies, then uh, like baby stuff, then the toys, and then baby food. It's just like the miscellaneous section of the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the infant to twelve year old aisle. I guess if you're showing up for, like, your second child to buy diapers, your other child will see the toys and be like, oh, give me a toy. Give me a doink, daddy. Doinky. Doinky. Doink me. Doink me. Doink. Uh, Hammer finds the twins have been murdered, and he follows some bloody footprints through, like, a little stairwell. Uh, but this blonde guy, he jumps down and attacks Hammer in the stairwell. And he's able to get away. Yeah. Uh, this is where I wrote pee break in my notes. Okay. Oh, yeah. So let's all pee and drink a beer. And I'll send you guys some more doink videos to watch. Oh, yeah. You can find us on the Letterboxd app. You can also send us an email, 5dayrentalspodcast.gmail.com. You guys ready to get back into this hammer time? Yeah. Can't touch this. All right, welcome back from your pee break. I hope you had a great time in there. Quick in and out. I hope you, the listener, also took the break and watched a few doink videos of your own. I do have a um, MC Hammer cartoon update, by the way. Okay. He did have a cartoon in 1991. It was called Hammer Man. And Hammer Time was right there. Probably a rights issue. Total of 13 episodes. Did you see if there were talking shoes involved? I'm almost positive that there were talking shoes. Because actually when I when I was Googling it, the first thing that popped up was MC Hammer cartoon talking shoes. No shit. Was it his shoes that were talking to him? Yeah, Youth Center worker Stanley Burl. Oh, Youth which Center, is, you guys should be all over this. With, which is uh, Hammer's real name, owns a pair of magical dancing shoes, 
which are alive and can speak, which when worn cause Burrell to transform into the superhero Hammerman. He frequently gets advice from his Gramps, who was a former owner of the shoes and was known as Soul Man. Do with that what you will. So does the man who wears the shoes determine the ability that they give you? Yeah. I think so. Because if the shoes don't always turn you into Hammer Man, I don't know. We're going to have to dig a little deeper on this thing. Yeah. Well, they turned Gramps into Soul Man. And then they turned another guy into Hammer Man. So it could be... I figured the parachute pants would be more powerful than the shoes. Guys, real quick, if you got your hands on these shoes, what man would you become? Mm. Orgy man. Mm. Mike Hammer. There's already a Hammer man. (laughs) It's MC Hammer. There's no Mike Hammer man. I think it would turn me into a soured, one-armed man. It's like I'd gain the shoes but lose the arm. So you'd take the ability to dance over both arms? I think it's just kind of like with every great gift, you have to make a sacrifice. That's what you, that's what I took away from my viewings of the Hammerman cartoon. Then what is marriage? Oh. Uh, I just love the fact that he's a youth center worker, you know, which is a very positive. When you guys were in the It was a time in the 90s where we would would fight for these ideals. Like, it's important to be, we got to have youth centers. When you guys were at the teen centers, were you ever ever like, God, one day I'm going to be running the teen center? No. I was just always keeping one eye on this uh, worker who was always talking to his shoes. Youth counselors were pretty much like too horny to join the Catholic Church. Like that's just all that was. Oh, where that, where I was, it was always like that's who was watching you and your eight year old friends. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But but they're more into girls, not dudes. It was always like somebody's mom where I was. You know, it was like a 24-year-old wife of a soldier or, you know, so she was just like didn't really need to work. So she Mm -hmm. just got that job. We had a dude named Colin, and he just really wanted to live in Germany. (laughs) Like, that's all that was, really. They're pretty lax on the rules over here, guys. This is the 90s, bro. As long as I watch you kids, I can stay. <laughs> hey, do, you, do any of you kids know about this uh, this rag that I found? It smells real weird. It's like, no fireworks, no fucking. Like, pretty easy. It's not a Germany I want to be a part of. Yeah, dude. Fuck that. That's all we did, guys. <laughs> then we added corn. The musical act. 
Corn was at your teen center? Yeah. No, we just listened that to must, them on that, compact disc. That must have led to so much more fucking. Dude, did you hear Corn's playing the teen center this week? Nothing gets me as hard as Corn. Life is peachy. Fuck yeah, dude. Hate. 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 Sometimes hate. Hate. Sometimes dumb hate. Well, what what does the trick more, Dan? Corn or Lincoln Park? You know, it depends on the evening. <laughs> depends what I'm drinking, okay? All right. Velda has tracked down uh, <laughs> Norma Childs to an escort service. Uh, that's all the info Mike needs. He decides to basically go interrupt this woman's date, and she's hanging out at a little Asian restaurant. So at this restaurant, they've got a little uh, hibachi grill going. Mike basically just joins up at the table with with this lady and her date. Uh, She starts telling Mike about a guy named Kendricks and starts giving him a little bit of information. But all of a sudden, the hibachi chef just slices this lady's throat mid-sentence. It's awesome. And go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, this is one of the greatest assassinations I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is worth the $4 rental price alone. It It's my favorite scene of the movie. Because I, I, it, it's also Mike at his coolest. The way he just goes in, starts, initiates with the lady. She's immediately like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, I'm going to answer his questions. And then the way he's answering or dealing with the John, that's like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, we're, we're about to start eating, you know, like, but, and Mike just like, sit down, eat your vegetables. This is a good yeah. story. Like, <laughs> like that I thought was like, it's, it's dickish, but it gets the job done where some of the other parts earlier in the movie, he's just like too dickish, but I love it. Uh, as retribution for this, Mike Hammer basically grabs this guy and throws his head down onto the hibachi grill. I guess he cooks him alive. Yeah. That's a pretty common action movie thing, though, right? Getting slammed into a hibachi grill? Not necessarily a hibachi grill, but I feel like anytime there's a fight scene in a kitchen or next to a kitchen, there's a there's the boiling water, the grease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah somebody's or, getting burned. Hot cup of coffee. Yeah. I think the worst is uh, Terminator when he throws that guy on the grill and he's like trying to get himself off of it. Mm-hmm. Uh. He's flailing around on yeah. there. Uh, Hammer goes back to visit Dr. Bennett and at this point she just straight up seduces Mike. These two, they make love. Soundtrack starts getting pretty jazzy. God, this is this is the most beautiful point of this soundtrack right here, guys. Oh my god, what a fucking love scene. It's amazing. This is a cinematic love scene. How could you hear it over that <laughs> echoing in the closet? You didn't hear that score? No, I was beaten off in the closet. I didn't <laughs> 
I will say in this scene, like both Mike and Dr. Bennett get like real sweaty. I feel like that's something you wouldn't see in a movie these days. They look like they cranked the heat in that fucking. They look like they're really fucking each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's laying on top of her like buck ass naked. I'm like, how is this guy not hard as a rock? She's going to have all sorts of little micro cuts from his Brillo pad. <laughs> fucking body hair. Mm-hmm. Kron, have you informed the audience who plays Mike Hammer? I said Armand Asante earlier okay. in, in the record. It's Amarn. Amarn. Armand Asante. And he kills it. Can you name anything else he's in? No. Uh, Judge Dredd. He's Stallone's clone in Judge Dredd. That sounds about right. Hey. I'm surprised Stallone would allow for there to be a clone of him in a movie. (laughs) Yeah, how how has Stallone not done, like, the Jean-Claude Van Damme thing and played multiple roles yet? Mm Mm-hmm. Are you both thinking like, has he? I'm trying to, yeah. Well, I was just trying to think of a movie that has multiple roles and like how would Stallone fit into it? Multiplicity? (laughs) What's Stallone? Yeah, him playing the feminine one. That'd be fucking awesome. Uh, now we get some guys discussing Hammer. Uh, Kendricks is there. They basically are saying at this point that all the loose ends for this whole thing are pretty much tied up except for Hammer and Velda. We're over at Hammer's office. He asks Velda to track down Kendricks. Uh, and Kendricks has been programmed to kill. This is something I wrote down here. Uh, Hammer also learns at this point that the dead Cuban lady was like a leftist communist who had been like buying guns on the side. Oh, is this also the part where he uh, looks or interacts with his aquarium? Probably. I think anytime he's at the office, yeah. <laughs> he's kind of like like getting a dead fish out of there or something. Yeah. You, anytime they cut to the office, it's him by the aquarium. Mm-hmm. He's either looking at it longingly or I think around this time is where he realizes one of the fish died. Yeah. I and think he, this he is... pulls it out and she's like telling him the information while he's about to like flush it or something. Yeah. She says something like you got to get a cheaper hobby or something like that. Yeah. Uh, this is just what I need. Another set of twins down the toilet. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Uh, So Velda is tracking Kendricks, um, and also at this point, Hammer gets knocked out. I don't remember how that happened. He gets knocked out. Um, 
Oh, this is where, yeah, they knock him out to go uh, torture him. Yeah, but he's, what is, he's at the library or whatever looking at uh, newspaper clippings of oh, the, that's of the right, serial that's killer. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Guys, none of this plot matters. <laughs> this is all just... There's like 15 different characters. <laughs> none of them do anything. It's like the Big Lebowski. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand why, like, during the sex scene with the lady, like, it shows the CIA guys recording. They start recording. I'm like, what the fuck are they recording them? Like fucking. They, it's just for personal use. Yeah. This is just a, like, I, I think, dude, I got to record fucking hammer laying it down, dude. <laughs> oh, that hammer. I got to get dude? tips, dude. Dude, like, ham- hammer is laying pipe on this audio recording, dude. What do you think he is? Uh, six, seven, eight. Inches? Oh. That's got to be eight. Dude, those are obviously moans of passion. Listen to the air coming out of that thing. I think I think we're actually only, like, we're seeing 15 characters, but I think we're only seeing, like, a small segment of this story overall. Like, this should have been expanded out to, like, all 100 people involved in this. <laughs> That's the way we really would have understood what was going on in Eye of the Jury. Uh, oh, it, sh- it should have been a Magnolia type movie. Yeah, just little vignettes like, of each. Each two person. more hours. Yeah, yeah there, there, there's probably a five hour cut of this thing somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like the guy after he records my camera doing it, he's got to go home and deal with like a a ant that lives with him that has a gambling problem. Yeah, he's you know, got a whole life, dude. Yeah. I mean, the other one goes home and his dad's dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of like dead fish fall from the sky, <laughs> and they all start singing. Hammer's worst nightmare. Uh, Hammer's being tortured at this point, and Kendricks has kidnapped Velda. Now Kendricks, I'm pissed. Yeah, I mean, fuck Vel- Velda. Damn it. Don't take Velda out of this movie. We, we haven't we haven't talked about the big list of babes. Where oh. we put Velda on there? Number one, dude. Is she number That's one. What I'm gonna say number one, bro. Maybe I I'll make. A... Maybe I'll make a note of this for the next review show, and we'll we'll go through these. Dude, I'll... you could put Velda Bennett, the twins. You could yeah. put just about any any woman chick from in this the orgy. Movie. Yeah. There are very beautiful ladies in this film. I will say that. It's like, god damn, guys. Whoever did that casting job. Smart, healthy, beautiful ladies. Independent, Mm -hmm. smart, loving, smart, great mothers. Uh, Kendricks takes Velda upstairs to a room. He ties her up to a chair, and he puts that crazy makeup on her. This guy's got a real specific kink that he's into. Redheads, bro. Redheads and weird-ass makeup. So, Kron... Is, is um, this after he go or she goes to see his mom? Or is that later? 
I don't know, man. I remember that, I, but <laughs> I think this is a little before or after, right? Because that well, that's an important thing is that we find out like Kendrick's kink is because like is from his mother, mm-hmm. like Velda goes and meets his mom because he's yeah. I'll put a fucking bullet hole right through that fucking TV right. Yeah, over she there. learned from she learned from the best on how to threaten for interma- uh, information. Uh, some guys are taking Hammer out of the torture room. They're kind of dragging him downstairs, but he gets a second wind about him and <laughs> basically uh, gets the jump on these guys. He tells them that they're they're like the building they're in is under construction. He tells them to get up on some ropes. So he's got them kind of hanging over this big, like, staircase, you know? Yeah. Uh, any. It's a cool get- thing, but it's also sort of like being told to dig your own grave at gunpoint. Right. It's like, why would you do it? Like, nah, just fucking shoot me. Mm hmm. And out of these two guys, he apparently gets Velda's location. Uh,. Oh, so Hammer runs downstairs. He hops into another cab. I thought this part was kind of funny. Uh, he basically tells the cabbie, like, if you get me there without any lights, this Rolex is yours. And then we just see a scene where this guy, like, plows through, a, like, a little fruit stand or something. Uh, Kendricks wants to play the I love you game with Velda. Uh, Hammer gets there just in the nick of time and stops Hendricks from killing Velda. Thank God. Uh, I was worried. I was worried. Yeah, I mean... I thought... I was like, there's a chance they'll kill her in this movie. If there was anyone that I didn't want to see die, it was Velda. Yeah. <laughs> she she could live on and Mike Hammer could die, but... Mm-hmm. Not the other way. How how are we feeling about this hot dog scene? Hot dog scene. Remind me. He run he runs up to the guy. He says, I'm here to replace you. Oh. Oh, and the it, yeah, the guy's like, You look like shit. And he's yeah. like, Yeah, I'm trying to blend in or something. <laughs> trying to blend in with the community. Yeah. Yeah, and then he uh, he gets he a hot buys dog. a hot dog. He buys a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, and the guy's like, he, yeah, he asks him like, "What room are they?" And the guy's like, "Ah, oh, that one right there." Like, just straight up tells the, him, right? The Christmas lights. Yeah. Well, doesn't he give the little guy with the hot dog stand like? Doesn't he give the hot dog back to him? It's just wrap it up for me later. Yeah. <laughs> there should have been a scene at the very end of the movie where he comes back for that hot dog. <laughs> Um, let's see. Kendricks at this point steals like a, a truck and very luckily for this film, it has like just a shitload of mattresses in the back of it. Yeah. Uh, the, the jump he makes out of the apartment onto like the, the table, like in the streets before he gets onto that, uh, moving truck <laughs> Is fucking insane. Like he almost falls face first. 
You think they really just chucked him out of the window? It looks like he over jumped a little. Like <laughs> I was like, God damn. Uh, so Hammer, uh, Kendricks is getting away in this bed full of mattresses. Hammer hops onto the back of like a Winnebago or something. Uh, and it's like Kendricks, he's down below. Mike is kind of like up above on a freeway or something. But Mike is able to jump from the Winnebago onto the mattresses. And then he basically just pulls out a gun, shoots Kendricks in the back of the head, and his truck runs into a cement truck. Pretty good crash, though. Yeah. Uh, Hammer meets up with the police chief. Uh, Kalecki, who, if you remember, is the mob guy, (laughs) is the link, and he supplies the guns and owned the building where Jack was killed. Hammer sneaks up to Kalecki's place, that same guy who he put his coat into the taxi and had him drug through the street. Mm -hmm. Like, that guy's up there just eating something. Mike Hammer kind of jumps over a rail, knocks that dude face first into like a cake or something. Yeah. And then he knocks him out. Uh, Let's see. Klecky drives Hammer over to Romero's place. And this is kind of like going into the end of the movie. Uh, Romero has some big compound. Um is it the clinic? I don't think so. I thought it was just like a little like a f- little fortress he had built or something. Right, okay. I thought it was like an offshoot of the clinic. That's yeah. kind of what I thought. Because they kind of drive through the same gates, I think. Uh, Hello, Bean. They bas- yeah. They get, so as Kalecki is driving Hammer in, they get spotted on some security cameras uh, and we see some henchmen going over to like just a sweet ass wall of guns that they have over there. It's it's super stupid that I realized this, but the second guy who goes to grab the guns, he he didn't think about how he was like grabbing the gun for future use. So the way he grabs it off and has to walk out of the scene, it's very awkward. It's like he takes it with the absolute wrong grip. Uh, Hammer notices that up above them, like right through a gate, there's a bunch of like trip wires and shit. And he tells Kalecki that he wants to test out, you know, this bulletproof car that Kalecki has. Yeah. Uh, So as they're going through this, there are all these explosions going off. Uh... Mike Hammer jumps out. Kalecki continues on down the road. Uh, Since Hammer jumped out, he's kind of sneaking around through the woods. He takes out a henchman. Um, So now we see that set Vietnam training kicking in here. Mm -hmm. Is this where he takes out a dude in a suit in a tree? Yeah, so this is, I think he takes out a guy before that, and then he shoots, he like picks up that guy's gun, notices another guy up in the tree, and just shoots him out of there. Did we realize, gentlemen, that every man in this movie is wearing a suit? Like, 
Nobody wears regular clothes. It's the 80s, dude. I mean, Except just... for whenever he goes to uh, the campground there with his buddy, his old Vietnam buddy. I don't know. I saw a few dudes at an orgy that were, were in nada. Just balls out, dude. How Dan's going to look down at the Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. How many, how many suits do you own, Dan? Like actual suits or just like nice clothing? No, a, a, a suit. I don't know. Not, fucking not suit. church clothes. I I ain't been to church since '84, bro. Kyle, how many suits you got? Two. Wow. Really? Yeah, got a black suit for sad occasions, a blue suit for great occasions. I got a black suit, and I don't think I could fit in it anymore. I think post COVID, I don't think I could get in it. But yeah, I got a wedding coming up that I got to go to, and. We'll see where that blue suit lands. Yeah. I wear, yeah, I've, I just wear that black suit for everything. I just got like nice slacks, some nice shirts, <laughs> brown and black shoes. That's about it. Let's start a fund to get you a suit. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Hey guys, uh, I'll be on. We'll be on GoFundMe. You can find that at Five Day Rentals. Uh, you know, my friend Dan has never owned a suit. Just like one long run-on sentence with no capitals. And you know what? Let's, I really just, love my friend Dan to, to not have to just only wear nice slacks, but a real suit. Let's just try to get you an ill-fitting one now, because in three years, it's not going to fit anyway. That's true. He does not have Down syndrome or cancer. He is just a regular guy that can probably afford a suit, but, you know, suit. Go to Goodwill. Find you one that fits-ish. And go get it tailored. Yeah. Nice vintage suit, man. Guys, what the fuck do I need a suit for? Weddings, funerals. Yeah. A bris. He's got those nice slacks. Yeah. He has nice slacks. I don't know. If I must be. I'm fucking hammered right now. But when you <laughs> said nice slacks, I fucking lost it. <laughs> you don't have a pair of nice slacks? The way you said, I got some nice slacks. Like, I feel. 90% of people I got some nice pants and stuff but you I don't know slacks <laughs> is just a funny fucking word nice some fucking dockers bro yeah nice some slacks nice slacks and blue and black shoes <laughs> or brown and black shoes yeah dress shoes yeah some sketchers nah I don't think they're sketchers some motherfucking heelys dude Dan's rolling in with authority. I think you guys... Well, you, you were rolled to the front of that viewing line at those funerals, baby. Just wheel right up. Yeah. Here to Such pay my respects. Such a shame. He's a great guy. I think you guys should wear your shoots, shoots, suits on the next uh, pod. No. I don't. It's, too, it's the middle of the summer, dude. I'm going to save it for a really fancy category. I could picture Dan... Rolling in on his heel, he's up to a funeral, just being like, "You know what? Terry was fucking sick. He would, 
He was sick, and he was fucking sick, if you know what I mean. But, Kyle, that's what I'm going to wear for your funeral. But now that Terry's gone, I'm sick number one. <laughs> yeah, Watch dude. this twist. And guess what? That's S-I-C. There's no K on the end of that. We ain't in Germany, motherfucker, so it's time for fireworks and fucking. Let's light this funeral up. By the way, Terry told me- Where you at, Colin? Terry told me he would have totally wanted me to have his watch, so- and his wife. I might need Some this girl. watch to get through traffic in New York one day. <laughs> Mike Hammer, y'all. Mike Hammer style tonight, y'all. Uh, we also see that Hammer... Uh, Drink up them shots with them goldfish in it. <laughs> Hammer reloads a little tiny gun that he has with him. This is important for 20 minutes from now in the movie. <laughs> If what we got like five minutes left, I think, right? Yeah. At this point, we're, it, we're almost there. <laughs> uh, Hammer and Romero have a little shootout in Romero's compound. Uh, that basically turns into a fist fight. <laughs> Romero gets Hammer's tiny little gun, and he goes to shoot him, but Hammer has booby trapped it, and it sends a bullet right into Romero. It's a pretty good fight, though, right? I thought it was a decent fight. It's an okay brawl. The bummer the bummer is that by the time you get to this part, like you don't even really know Romero that much. Like he's no. only he's only popped up a little bit, so he sort of feels like just a goon at this point. Like he doesn't I feel like at this point in the movie I don't know who anyone is yeah. besides They they haven't done enough to build up his reputation or mm-hmm. anything, so I agree with you there because it takes a moment for you to realize like, oh, like this is the main fight. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, Hammer says, you know, you're basically dying. Uh, Do you want to tell me about Jack? And I guess that Romero didn't want to because he just dies without saying anything really. (laughs) Turns his head. (laughs) Yeah. Unlike the Uh, special effects guy who gave it up at the end. Hammer finds a bunch of computers and shit in Romero's <laughs> compound. Uh, he he prints off something on a dot matrix printer. This is probably the answer to the entire movie. We don't see it. We don't see it. <laughs> but Hammer goes back to visit Dr. Bennett. He has a flower box with him. Uh, but inside that flower box is Jack's arm. Which is fucking great, dude. I guess Mike took it out of the crime scene with him. That's what I'm going to start giving to my wife. (laughs) Prosthetic arms. He tells Bennett that Colonel Romero kept a very complete file on you. Uh, She goes in to kiss Mike Hammer, and you can kind of see her start reaching for a gun behind him. But... We hear a gunshot go off, and Mike has shot Dr. Bennett. Uh, She says, how could you? Mike says, it was easy. And then he leaves. It was easy. And there there goes the credits. Okay, so, Kron, who the fuck killed Jack? It was the... It was her. It was her, okay? I think Bennett killed Jack. Why? I don't know. He was he was just a pawn in the game, dude. <laughs> I'm I thought it was at 
at the order of what's his name Romero, right? Okay, so why why did they want worked, Jack killed? That's what my next question was. Because he found out that Romero knew about or uh, Romero was doing the testing shit. What testing shit? He was or doing he the was brainwashing. The, yeah, stuff. the information uh, okay. out of the people from in Vietnam. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. I guess that's as good of an answer as you're going to get from this movie. <laughs> that's what I got on my one watch. So. You didn't uh, watch this twice? No. This was a rough week. You, you didn't watch this twice and on the second time around with commentary? No, yeah. was that a an option via Google? For, for me, it was. Dan has. Well, the, you run on Amazon, red. right? Oh, Dan you have com- owns the Blu-ray. That's right. God damn it! Did you learn a lot from the commentary? I guess you obviously didn't learn what the plot was because yeah. you were just asking us. It's two dudes that have nothing to do with the film. They just are fans of the film. <laughs> oh, it's not Armando Sante. Nah, it's not the director. So in this scene, I really wanted to fuck this chick, but they wouldn't let me. So, <laughs> so I decided to fuck this other chick. So, after this, you want to rock and roll with me? I sandwiched this scene with fucking before I got the set and then after set. Barbara Carrera, great tits. I'm Cocaine? doing, I'm doing yes. Christopher Walken as Armand Asante. These. Twins actually went away for a long time, <laughs> but I nailed both of them. I knew from picking up the arm earlier in the movie, I was going to come back. I was going to use this arm to get back at the evil Where's sex. that doorstop? At the orgy doctor. And a man in a bingo. Me, bingo this, my, bitch. I knew I you stole, did it. I stole the arm. Bang. I killed From you. From the crime scene. It was easy. I killed you. Could you, boss? It was easy. Bang. I gotta get fish food. Velda. I mean, come on. Well, what else Who did you wouldn't? learn, Mr. Research? Yeah, Dave. Uh, upon what? further research, Larry Cohen... Mr. King Larry Cohen, who was the original director of this film, he directed for about one week, went 100K over budget, so they canned his ass. <laughs> but he pretty That's much awesome. wrote wrote the whole thing, so they really didn't change much of the script. So it's pretty much a Larry Cohen film, but directed by um, Mr. Richard T. Heffron there. Bones, they have like- you seen any Cohen films? He Not. did the stuff, right? Yes, he did. I feel actually like the the, the firing. I feel like I've seen the stuff. Okay, I think the, this we did the stuff a long time ago for a cinema jihad. That was so. that was one of the first ones. That's yeah. like a is there like a corporate takeover deal or something that has it's to, basically like a frozen yogurt that's like no calories. That's uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it turns it turns out to be like something that takes your body over or some shit. Yeah. So yeah, the firing from either jury led to him directing this stuff. 
which a lot of people call that a blessing or whatever. Isn't that crazy how that shit can work in Hollywood? How you can make a bomb or get fired from something and still get hired for another thing. You know, like, what's his name? Kerry Fukuyama or whatever. Yeah, he, gets, write, he writes like a shitty movie, then he writes Bond. Well, yeah, he gets fired from it and then gets to make a Bond movie. Like, that's insane. So, Well, True Detective season one is a masterpiece, so eh. it, always, it always comes back to that. They were, it, when I was reading um, The Devil's Candy, like, that's, that's one of the things they're talking about with De Palma is, like, he was coming off of kind of like a flop, but they were, like, the studio was just like, eh, let's just fucking hire him. Like, yeah. I guess because sometimes the flop isn't, the fact that it flops isn't always the director's fault. Yeah. You know, it could be marketing, it could be release date, it could be connected to so much shit, but I feel like if they fire you because you went over budget, that's ins- like, and then in Phantom of the Paradise, when we're talking about how De Palma will just straight up, nah, fuck it, I'm doing my own cut, or, mm-hmm. you know. The balls on some of these people. I'm sort of jealous. If you're going to be a bear, man, you got to be a grizzly. No, I'm an ape, dude. And if you're a bear, take out all those dad dogs roaming around. <laughs> Do a little good with I your I haven't heard anything out of Chicago. Oh, lost cause, dude. <laughs> We'll hear about that on the next Rewind show, folks. Yeah, I'll have an update for the review. So, um, after this, I believe there was a Mike Hammer TV series, but I, I really couldn't find any a lot on that. I don't know if maybe they shot the a few episodes and it never aired. Or Hammer it was also Man. on... Uh, How could you have all that T- sex on TV? TJ Hooker. I believe he was... Maybe a side character on TJ Hooker, I believe. Don't don't hold me to that. Uh, we talked about Mr. Bill Conte. I referenced a movie he worked on before this, and that was the Bond movie For Your Eyes Only. So they say that this kind of kind of runs into that as well. You can kind of hear similarities. Uh, Bruce Willis was tested as a villain. Uh, Larry Cohen decided he really liked this young man. And he said, why don't you read for Mike Hammer? And he said, uh, let me talk to everybody here because you did a really great job. But we've already pretty much gave it to Asante. So uh, Mr. Willis did not get the part. But how fucking, like, what if? Like, how badass would that have been? Uh no, because we wouldn't get we wouldn't have had Die Hard, so yeah, that's true. Also, he's not hairy enough to play Mike Hammer. Uh, he was young though at this time. This is eighty two. Put eighty two yeah. Willis next to eighty two Asante and tell me who's got more body hair. Well, today I'm gonna say Asante, hands down. Yeah, but. Even in eighty two. Yeah. Do you do you think as you age your body hair will just 
continue to multiply? Well, it, for some. I guess some guys get the shoulder and back hair. I've been pretty lucky so far. I thought for sure I was going to get a big bear coat. Kiss Me Deadly was made in 1955. This was the first time Mike Hammer appears on film. In Kiss Me Deadly? Kiss Me Deadly is a Mike Hammer film, yes. Yeah, that's right. That's a great movie. He is an alcoholic in that film as well. Uh, Cohen offered the lead role to Clint Eastwood, but that didn't work out. Uh, this version of I, the Jury was set more to the book. Real porn stars were used for the orgy scene. And it fucking shows. They did a great job. <laughs> it, it, it definitely has a novel feel. The way that it, like Kyle, you pointed out, he goes to a part or he goes to meet somebody and then they say, go to this next person. Like you really are missing all of that fill in that a novel would would give you in sort of context and it feels like somebody just did the cliff notes of a novel he goes here and meets this person and then this person gets killed and this like is he really doing detective work not really all right hold that i got two more uh, Trial by Jury is a film from 1994. This was a sequel to I, the Jury. Asante co-starred in this film. I've never seen it. Anybody? No. Nope. Is this is this when Stacy uh, Keach took over? I don't know. That's a good question. I didn't look it up. Because I think I he played Mike Hammer in some TV movies. The little bit that I and, looked up. I, the Jury was released in April of 1982. Uh, brought in $1.5 million on the box office. So I didn't get a budget, though. Well, we know oh, yeah, that's it went $100,000 over. <laughs> in the first week. Yeah, so it was at least $100,000. So you wake up, your wife's dead, or fiancé. Are you hiring Visser? Are you hiring Hammer? If my wife is dead, I'm hiring Hammer. If my wife's still alive, I'm hiring Visser. Because you don't want Hammer to fuck your wife? Yeah, exactly. Okay. But to answer your previous question, is he a good detective? No. You know who's a great detective? It's fucking Velda. Because mm-hmm. I think three or four major plot things she figures out and tells Mike. She pretty yeah. much figures out this whole so, movie. Yeah. Well, there's there are Velda, just scenes Velda, Velda. where oh he shows God. up at the office and Velda's like, oh, I tracked down that prostitute you're looking for. Yeah. Or so keep I working too this. hard. Take the day off. You look like a Christmas tree. Hey, why don't you run down and pick up eight or nine bottles of honey? You know I can't marry you. I'd never be faithful. God damn it, I would. Mm-hmm. Velda. God damn. Velda would make her a beautiful mother. Read my letterbox. Oh, man. My Puerto Rican ass would love Velda. 
Well, final thoughts. That's all I got for research, gentlemen. Final thoughts. I think it's an awesome performance from Asante. I think it it's it's eighty two. I said this before. Definitely still has a pretty strong seventies feel. Uh, some cool standout things. Hibachi Assassin. That's my favorite part of the movie. Um, the squid detonation on the studio set is pretty great. So there's some funny stuff. Zelda's awesome. Uh, I just think the plot sort of keeps it from really being great. And mm. yeah, I mean, you you just sort of get you. He interacts with people and they disappear. Like the drunk Joe. They never talked about him again. They barely referenced the other cop doing or chambers doing any work. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know. It was fun, but I will also say it wasn't like I I didn't force myself to watch it a second time. I watched it once and I was like, well, okay, I got it. Dan? Great performance for Mr. Mike Hammer. Velda is a godsend. We have a serial killer here. We have an orgy here. We have a bulletproof limo. Uh, We got the CIA. We just got everything. We got a hibachi assassination. So I just, like I said, plot-wise... Yeah, it loses you. It does. It really does. But I think it makes up for it with all the crazy shit that goes on in this movie. I think, uh, like I said last week, whenever I picked this, that I would have been happy to see this as like a Bond franchise that went for 10 movies. Yeah. Like, I don't think this is the best execution, but it is like, yeah, give me the Mike Hammer story that is goofier than this, or give me the Mike Hammer story that's more action-packed than this. It's like, I like all the characters in this movie. Um, Well, the main characters, like Velda and Mike Hammer, and it's just like, if you got to see more adventures with them, you know, it's it would kind of be like that Bond thing where you would get some great ones, some kind of crappy ones, and then you'd probably get a bunch that average out to be, you know, like pretty decent. But, uh, yeah, I wish they had just kind of like, I think this was a good start. I wish it would have gone on to be like, let's see the next adventure of these two. I completely agree. It had a uh, Jack Reacher feel Mm -hmm. to it. Like where I wish they would make another Jack Reacher because the second one is so-so. But I wish they would make another one to kind of keep going with that. I've read several of those books and I like that that character. And I think I'd like Hammer more if I got to spend more time with him and put him through those scenarios. Give him, give him even darker material and shit that he's like dealing with. Yeah. But amp the action and amp the, the humor. And you can mm-hmm. say like, oh, this is how we separate him from Bond. Instead of mm-hmm. it being a world villain or domination sort of thing, it's like 
deep-seated noir shit, but he has fun. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, should we move over to Rate My Letterboxd? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was trying to get us to do it before we did Final Thoughts because I was afraid my Final Thoughts would give it away. Rate My Letterboxd. Dan, I think it's your turn to go first. Gentlemen, I'm going to take Bones at a 3.0. I'm going to take Kron at a 3.5. Kron, I'm going to put you at a 3.5. Dan, I'm swinging for the fences. I'm giving you a 4. I'm going to say Bones is a 3, and I'll say Dan is 3.5. I fucking hate this game. Dan, I need you to expose yourself. All right, gentlemen, I'm going to lay it out here. All nice, small, balls bigger than my dick. I'm a 3.5. There was a point where it was a 4, but as as it winded down, I was like, plot-wise, we really need to to step it back here. I don't think it deserved a 4. So I got a 3.5 for it. Beautiful women. Great performance by Mr. Asante. Just a... Just a well-rounded, fun flick. A little too long, maybe. Mm-hmm. They but, could have chopped 15, yeah. 20 minutes off this thing. And there are some scenes where that we get that never really come back. So, I'd say a 3.5 for me. Bones? I am a think this was a pretty damn fun movie but like i said before i didn't really have that immediate desire to turn around and watch this again and if i'm rating this up against amsterdam it was like amsterdam i got a lot more joy out of like the ridiculousness of it so but the, the cons of this movie sort of bring it and teeter it down from being a 3.5 mm-hmm uh <clears throat> I am as well a 3.5 on this. I had thought after I watched this that I might move it down to a 3, but I think whenever I thought about it more, it's like the stuff that I liked from the first time that I watched this is the stuff that I still like now, and it is just that this movie is so vibey in a way, like it is this movie is more about the characters and some of the more kind of just ridiculous things that happen in it. And it it does just, like, the plot definitely weighs this thing down. Like, this, this movie could have been a 4 or 4.5 had they, like, nailed all the beats that go along with it. Yeah. But it just gets totally lost in the plot and... Um, I don't know. It is disappointing that it could have been a lot more fun and a lot better, but 
I think when I the first after the first time I watch this, like I'm gonna feel the same way after the second time. Like I'll still probably think about this movie and be like, "That's a crazy fucking film." Like people should people should watch this. It's entertaining. Uh, just don't try to follow the storyline. Yeah, I don't think it's that hard of a fix. I think you're onto something. Fifteen twenty minutes, you shave it off. Mm-hmm. You take out one of the unnecessary like sort of steps. Yeah. Um, give him a little bit more detective sort, you know, like have him look in a scene or look over something, you know, like put him a step ahead. I mean, you don't really feel like he's a step ahead of anybody until the end mm-hmm. when they show the computer and then they cut away. Like that's the only thing where he's sort of ahead of you. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of, you know, this was based off of like some noir stuff. And I, th- I think what noir does well is it has a very simple story that it's like a definite A to B, and then they complicate it in the middle where it's like stuff goes wrong, stuff goes sideways, and then you got to deal with it. Whereas I think what they did wrong here was they tried to make all the plot really complicated instead of just making it very easy to follow. And you can just, you know, you can have stuff go wrong and move, you know, pivot off of it, but it still needs to be a straight A to B and this just kind of like wraps around in a bunch of unnecessary characters and story. You could have just kept that blonde guy as like a killer that he's trying to track down. That would have been a pretty linear kind of story, you know? Yeah. You could have, you could have flipped the Romero guy earlier into the movie Mm -hmm. as a thing of he, he created the killer. Mm hmm. And that's why he had Jack killed because Jack found out that he created him. And then the second or the last 15 minutes of the whole thing is him trying to bait and get the killer, like do that after, you know, I once had a talk with a buddy that I used to write shit with. And I said, my favorite noir stuff is when your main character is not the smartest character. That's what I was going to say. Are we suffering from, our main character trying to be too fucking smart here. Yeah, and it's not earned in this movie because right. he's not really figuring stuff out, but we're to assume that my camera is this really smart guy where I kind of like a mid-level intelligence street smart guy who maybe figures something out, you know, puts that in his back pocket, you know, gets beat up, gets whatever. There's a femme fatale that's really smarter than him and a villain that's smarter than him but you never really get that in this you feel like Mike Hammer is unjustifiably the smartest person in the room mm-hmm. you know that's sort of the fun with Bond when you were talking when we we're talking about how Hammer goes into the doctor's room finds the camera and starts talking like you should have got you should get the new ones blah 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 Bond does that in like every other movie where he they'll ask him like, do you know anything about diamonds? And he'll just, blah, blah, blah. and it's like, it doesn't make any sense that James Bond knows all this shit about it. And it's done tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, it's just not earned. I, I don't feel like with him, but yeah. Yeah. 15, 20 w- minutes. That's your quick save. Well, you I wondered too, this. if it suffered from maybe them firing Mr. Cohen as well. I'd like to see, his full on what he had 
yeah. in mind there. Yeah, I think that would make for a better movie if he had stayed on the picture. Because you had a director coming in kind of like, oh, shit, like, I got to finish this, so let's let's get it done. Yeah, and what are they cutting to save money to make up for what mm-hmm. they spent before? Yeah. So, you know, it's like, well, maybe there's a scene that we should have had here or a set piece, but now it's not a set piece. It's just a conversation or. Cool. All right. Uh, so I think I think I got me and Dan with two points and Bones with 1.5. That's it. All right. Yeah. I, I, it was between 3.5 and 4 for Dan, and I thought, I feel like Kyle's probably going to say 3.5, so maybe I can kind of, like, maybe I'll gamble and try to get that point. But, Dan, you did well. You should be back up a little bit now, right? Yeah, I think I got everybody there. Yeah. Uh, I'm putting this on the list. It's going to be number nine. Number 10. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Well, if we gave it, because if Dan and I both gave it a 3.5 and you gave it a 3, that would give it an average score of 3.33. That would make this number 5 on the list. Wow. So it goes right above Amsterdam. It. So the list would be Rad, Slumber Party Massacre, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Phantom of the Paradise, I the Jury, Death Wish 3, Amsterdam, Strangeland. I'm just going to end at Strangeland. Okay. (laughs) All right. We'll put a bow on it, Kyle. Get us out of here. All right. That was I, the Jury from 1982. This was the second selection for the detectives category. And you're more than welcome to stick around for After Showers, where Bones will tell us what movie number three will be. Until next week, crash and burn. Crash and burn. Love you, Velda. Velda, Velda, Velda. We all love you, Velda. My heart aches. I don't leave this podcast for you. I'm so hard right now. Whenever there's a crime, some crooks are gonna do time. They all better beware, cause the Hammer Man will be there. Here's how it started a long time ago. The legend of the hammer and how it began to grow. He was given magical shoes from a hip-hop Motown dude. Together they had power. They stood up for what was right. But Gramps was getting old and he couldn't keep up the fight. Right. So Gramps and his granddaughter, they went out on the road. Certainly. To find a man they knew could jam who was worthy of the load. They met a guy named Stanley, Stanley. who was dancing every night. He helped the kids play every day. His heart was out of sight. So Gramps opened up the bag and took out the magical shoes. He set them on the ground and they soon began to groove. The shoes knew at once they had finally found.
right on his feet and he became Hammer Man. All right, welcome back, listener. We missed you. Larry. Joss. Joss. Joss? Uh, all right, this is the after shower segment of the podcast where the alcohol is really set in, and uh, <laughs> we're going to find out what Bones has in store for Detectives Round 3. All right, guys. Uh I think as soon as Dan unveiled detectives, I immediately scanned just my my list of what I already had ready, you know. Cuz I feel like odds are if you got a bank of 10 movies, there's going to be two movies that have cops or detectives or whatever in it. And there's a particular movie that I've had in a category, but I knew I could kind of use it to kind of fill in a gap. Dan, we had the sort of subversive European humor in uh, Amsterdam. Kyle, we had some sort of odd... Hard-boiled New York grime. Yeah, but like with mirrored with this sort of goofiness, you know, that was like not that goofy, but kind of offset. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the key to a good third pick is trying to find a balance between the two or maybe even going a little bit further. So we are going to watch a uh, a buddy cop zombie action movie. Let me step back another little thing. We all need a little bit more Treat Williams in our life. So we are going to 1988, and we're watching Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo in Dead Heat. This is directed by Mark Goldblatt, um, pretty famous film editor. He edited uh, Terminator, Terminator 2, Bad Boys 2, only directed like two or three movies. I think he directed this and The Punisher, like Dolph Lundgren, Punisher. So, it is 1988, one of my favorite years. I'm so. just hoping this thing coasts on the tails of Twice Dead and it gets like 35 downloads immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, if Dan would figure out if Treat Williams is alive or not and tag him on Instagram. I promise this time around... It's, we will. It's such an easy, easy question. Is Treat Williams still alive? Well, if he's dead, then we can tag him. Okay. You guys know if Treat Williams is still alive or not? Instagram. I think he's still alive. Yeah. He's still alive, guys. He's alive and well. Isn't he always like posting photos of him flying planes or something? Yeah, he's yeah. He's he's a pilot. He's definitely a pilot. He's got such a pilot vibe. I guess being a pilot, like at any day, he could go. That's true. Have either of you seen this before? I started it, but I never finished it. Uh Uh-oh. 
I have not seen this. Is this available anywhere? Uh, it is available on Tubi. Nice. Shout out to Tubi. Five Day Riddle's favorite. Yep. Now, that's not a bad thing. I just, it was, I probably fell asleep, so, <laughs> and just never returned to it. Yeah, it's not bad. I just fell asleep halfway yeah. through it. Uh, sometimes I start movies at 11.30 at night, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Now, this is not to be confused with some random ass other movie from 2002, called, also called Dead Heat. Oh, no, when you said this 1988 is, Dead Heat, I knew exactly what you were talking about. This is also on uh, Shudder. Yes, I think that's where I started. Direct it when I had TV, Shutter. Hoopla, and AMC Plus. So, if I can get my Hoopla figured out, I might be able to watch it there ad free. Or you can well, rent it. I'm going to be watching this in SD on Tubi. <laughs> Shit, yeah. 1988 is just making a comeback here on Five Day Rentals. Yeah. Too bad Kyle couldn't uh, drum up a 88. Maybe I'll just make it a category, Dan. I'll be down. Then we'll all live in 1988 for one round. Because we were all alive in 1988, right? That's correct. Okay. Just checking. I mean, I was in stasis. I don't know if you'd call it alive or not. <laughs> Just floating in some goo. Well, what other... Uh, we were sort of talking about theaters and getting back to it. Kyle, you said you were I mean, waiting on something for the bell court, like Just waiting on yeah. a classic maybe to come back or... I'm just waiting for something to pop up that it's like, that should be my first movie back. Right. That's really what I'm waiting for. I don't know what it is yet. I'll know it when I see it. <laughs> I'm just uh, July 30th, the Green Knight. I'll be there. That might be good. You think you think you'll go to the theater for Suicide Squad? Or you think that's an HBO Max? The Suicide Squad? I'm sorry. Newest Suicide Squad. Dude, I was super confused like when that trailer came out. I'm like What? Did they remake the It's like what the fuck are they? It's like this movie just came out like a few years ago. And then I was like, oh, okay, I gotcha. Soft reboot. Or just call it Suicide Squad colon something. Didn't people you know? like the Suicide or Suicide Squad? I don't the, think so. The original? They didn't? I thought they did. That's why it came out with Birds of Prey, the emancipation of Harley well, Quinn. Well, they liked her. Are they, right. are they bringing back Jared Leto? I don't know. I think so. Really? I thought he was. I thought he was in it. <sighs> Fuck. Or maybe they cut him. I don't know. I seen something that said, like, because he had different like face paint and shit. 
Look more like ledgers, I guess. Oh, I thought no. I I just thought that was a um Snyder cut thing because he shows up at the end of that. Oh, uh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Fucking Zack Schneider. Talk about ruining something that was like, all right, you did it. You did it. It's pretty good. And then that fucking that epilogue, man. <laughs> He's going to blow whatever cachet he picked up from the, I mean, the Snyder cut. Do we want to reveal what our two-day rentals is going to be? Uh, that, I think that will come out before this will yeah, come out. Yeah, so by by the time they hear this, we'll have uh, Dan let them let them have it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we did a two day rental on Army of the Dead a few months ago. Go check it out. Um, this time around, we're going to bring you into a new release coming out from Netflix called The Ice Road with Liam Neeson. The so, big rigs are back, baby. You know <laughs> you it. You know here on Five Day Rentals, we fucking go from six to midnight when a big rig rolls through. So, of course, we're going to fucking do this movie. Fuck. So, uh, just look out for that and download it. Listen. Comment. We're here for you. Yeah, maybe you skipped it because you thought, what the fuck is the ice road? I want to get to the detective miniseries. Uh-uh. You got all the time in the world. Go that. back, re- uh-uh. re-watch and re-listen. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Give me that Kid Rock CD. Uh-uh. Well, go- I just... I, I hope you, listener, have your Gatorade bottle ready. Mm-hmm. I hope you've been shitting in old deli bags. Hope you got enough quarters for all the tolls. <laughs> then that's a fucking throwback shitting in deli sandwich bags. That's easier than shitting in a condom. <laughs> that's true. You, this is a should, horrible podcast. <laughs> we we have the big list. We should have a big list of babes, and then we should have a big list of things that are easiest to shit into. The the big list of shit bags. Yeah. I don't know. I it the ice road, it's gonna be pretty cold, so I feel like you could just shit in a paper bag and toss it out. You could just shit you know on I mean? the ice, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna freeze up. Just let know. it just you drop a pretty healthy steamer though. You might <laughs> you might start what melting. If, what if that's what cracks the ice? Liam Liam Neeson drops him. (laughs) I think the biggest thing is like, I mean, it's really when Schindler's list of shit bags. Schindler's shits. (laughs) When we talk about shitting in bags, I think it's that is more tied to the disposal of the shit. Whereas if you're just on the ice, dude, you could just shit and that thing will just slide away, like. (laughs) Especially miles. If yeah, if you're on a hill, dude, as soon as you drop that thing, it's gone. No worries. But yeah. there's and there's also nobody else on the ice road. Exactly. So you could just stick your ass out the side of the truck. 
<laughs> Guys, I think we just figured out global warming. It's all these fucking ice road truckers shitting on the ice and heating it up. Yeah, dropping steamers. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, we're going to do a film called The Ice Road. You probably didn't even know it was coming out because, God damn it, I didn't until Bones sent me a link. <laughs> But I was at my parents' house and we were doing the 45 minutes of what do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? And we came across the trailer and my dad was like, can we watch that? I was like, no, it's not out yet. Oh, and he was, I just, I I pictured you finding the listing for it and being like, everybody shut up. (laughs) No, we did. We did watch the trailer. It was that, it was that Netflix thing where it just started. And we all shut up for a second and watched it. And my dad was like, can we watch that? I'm like, nah, it's not out yet. It comes out next weekend. Uh, you were like, do I got a podcast for you, dude? Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, fuck. We're laughing about yeah. this now, but it's going to be awful. I'm glad we only have to do an hour. Just get ready for more shit and piss talk. Yep. That's <laughs> all it's yeah. going to be. But You texted that, and I was like, I have no idea that existed. <laughs> you know, we've been, we've been kicking around two-day ideas, and, you know, it's all just, they haven't given me that feeling. And as soon as I saw the Ice Road trailer, I thought, this is, this is the two-day we need to be covering. <laughs> I think... I think we'll be one of the first. I really do. We might be the only. Yeah. My thought was, even if these two don't want to do it, I'm watching it and I'm recording myself talk about it for an hour and I'm going to demand that it goes up. Oh, no. As soon as I, like, I got I like gotta do it. 30 seconds in, I was like, yep, like, yep, this is it. I think Kron responded before I did. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, it's all right. So, yeah, we cut to us in the present. We're getting ready to watch this. And then uh, we come back in another week with Dead Heat. Some more Treat Williams. Will he be our our first uh, like double hitter like star? Leading role? Like leading role? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm hmm. I almost had another, not to give it away. I'll, I'm going to save that movie, but the other movie that I was between, I, uh, that would have been another leading actor. Treat Williams? No, it wasn't another Treat Williams. It was just another mm-hmm. leading man that we had already. We've already covered one of their previous works. So, well, let's see. Jeffrey Combs wasn't really a, a lead of Robot Jocks, but yeah, should have been. What movie was Jeffrey Combs a detective? Castle Freak. No, he wasn't. He was a deadbeat dad. <laughs> he did. He detected gonna... things. I was going to say concerned father. Yeah. 
God, when are we going to do Castle Freak on the pod? <laughs> Whenever you do that, uh, what's his name category? <laughs> you have the next category, Cron. Yeah, so we do that. Yeah, but it's random. So, you think Castle Freak will fit in as a fairy tale horror? <sighs> it's a stretch. What number is fairy tale horror on your category list? You don't know, but I do. God damn it. You don't think it fits, Fuck. Bones? No, because what fairy tale is it related to? Yeah. I don't know. Rumpelstiltskin or... Nope. No. All right. Well, I'll just expand the category to make it work. <laughs> F- fairy tale horror and Castle Freak. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. We're watching Castle Freak. Castle slash... Fairy tale. <laughs> Am I the first host to actually own one of our picks with I the jury? Uh, no, because you had Rad, right? No, nah, that was my neighbors. I own oh, that Death was just Wish a Three. You do own Death Wish Three? Yeah, I own Death Wish Three. I went back and bought the Criterion of Deep Rising after we watched it. That's a criterion? Yeah. No. Say, <laughs> so, man, they've really gone downhill. Dan, you've drank too much. I, Dude, RoboCop is a criterion, which it should be. Yeah. But there's some films on criterion where you're like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So I wouldn't be surprised if Deep Rising was a Criterion. Michael Bay has two Criterion movies. The Rock and Armageddon? Armageddon? Yeah. Yep. Which, don't get me wrong, I, I fucking love unabashedly. They're masterpieces, so. I think some people yeah, might argue Armageddon is sort of a dud, but. I don't remember The Rock. I fucking love it. I know I watched it. The Rock The Rock gets better with every viewing. I feel like The Rock and... Con uh, Air? Yeah, Con Air. Like, it's like the same like time frame of release, I think. Yeah, they just go together in my mind. Yeah, I, I get that too. That's a great double feature, man. Yeah, it would be killer. Tune in to our uh, live show when we come to see you in a city near you. We do the, the, the Rock Con Air Road Show. Maybe I'll make the category fairy tale slash castle slash Con Air. <laughs> Just do castle fairy tales, dude. I'll do. I'll figure it out. I'll figure Just, out how to make them both work. It's random, you asshole. Just do that director and do fucking castle freak and then Dan yeah. will have to pick one and then I'll do what was that the shitty animator. prison movie well but I need to figure out how to slot in Pinocchio's Revenge somewhere <laughs> why why can't you pick a quality film for the listener instead of terrorizing them the listener pick the listener wants Pinocchio's Revenge they need it they need yeah. it it was promised in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. Kyle, listener, to be fair, comment. To be fair to Kyle, he has set a precedent at 
sort of picking categories that are inside jokes, like they're mm-hmm. based on other things, like that we've already discussed and talked about. Dan, you were you're very heady about your decisions. Me, what does that what does that mean? That you you really think about them and you're trying to be like, what's a, for the good of the yes, show yes. and my friends? Yes. Me, I wrote down a bunch of family movies <laughs> and a bunch of bunch of dad action movies, and I'm creating shitty categories just to be able to watch those. So, how, how many times have your categories changed? Constantly. Okay. Usually the that, five that's or ten a good minutes thing. before we sit down and like I open the Zoom, I'm usually revisiting them. Kron? What if the category's called Medieval Times <laughs> and it encompasses This is fairy not tales? the time to do this. That would that would work. I think you could do castles and fairy tales and yeah. So you would bank on me to pick Castle Freak. You don't have to, but it'd be an option. I mean, I guess I owe you one technically for I, the jury. Right. So Kyle's doing Pinocchio's Revenge. You're doing Castle Freak. And then I get a freebie. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I'm actually in between you. Yeah. In that order. So we're both counting I'm, on you to pick Castle Freak, which I don't care I either think, way. I think I'm dead last in this next category. Yeah. Yes. Kyle just changed a category. <laughs> that looks like I'm picking the cable guy. Get ready, boys. The cable guy would work. So would uh, a kid in King Arthur's court. <laughs> that was the one I felt shakiest on, so I'm glad we got that figured out this can you, episode. Can, can you hold it back up so I can read it? Fairy tale horror. Okay, I just wanted to see what it was originally called. Number five. Number five. So we know if he changed it now. Let me write that down. Well, now that Larry's gotten a little peek behind the curtain, and the viewer knows to go back and watch and enjoy Ice Road. And is that uh, it? No, I mean, come back next week for Dead Heat, Treat Williams, Joe Piscopo. I don't know if this is before Joe Piscopo got all fucking ripped and crazy, so we'll see if that pops up. We, it's a uh, good buddy, buddy cop film as well, right? Yeah. We both are, we both, we all know that I am the worst at picking movies so far. That's not true. So we'll see if. Uh, oh, I you think got the num- I think you got if, the number one downloaded episode. Yeah, because of big titty goth girls. That's it. And Bowie. We love all you big titty goth girls out there. Mm-hmm. Keep listening. The world needs more of you. 
A lot more Veldas. Velda. Velda, Velda. Goddamn. So yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Please uh, like, subscribe, follow, all that other bullshit. Yeah, give us some follows on Instagram, guys. Mash that subscribe button. Hit that bell so you know when a new video drops. (laughs) Yeah. We need a little more action so we can move into some more uh, exciting things here on Five Day Rentals. Mm -hmm. Follow the blog. Sign up for the email blast. Kron does our uh, Twitch page. Mm -hmm. Laundry Dan's running the TikTok still. Ah, TikTok, that's the other one. Yeah, we'll see if Jerry can... uh... (laughs) Get get out of the hot water he's found himself in. You got Jerry in that hot water. Well, he yeah, this, did start started it, a war with laundry. Yeah, Day. it'll be interesting to see how this <laughs> this street war plays out over the <laughs> next few episodes. Street we'll war. see if the the drama bleeds into the video store or not. Well, for Dan and Kyle, I'm Bones. Crash and burn. Crash and burn, y'all. Crash and burn.